You're listening to the Paleo NP podcast, episode number 18. Welcome to the Paleo NP podcast. I'm Martha, a family nurse practitioner and creator of MarthaFlorence.com. I live in Anchorage, Alaska with my boyfriend and fur children. I'm here to share my take on integrative health, nutrition, and fitness, answer your questions, and talk with health and wellness experts. You can submit your questions at MarthaFlorence.com. Enjoy this week's episode. Remember that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome back to another episode of the Paleo NP podcast. This week, we are going to talk about um, talk more about gut and digestion and take a look at all things leaky gut. Last week, we talked about digestion and some of the things that could go wrong there. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I do suggest going back and doing that now because some of this will build on the basics from that one. Um, one of the things that I mentioned briefly in that episode was leaky gut. And this is, again, something that I talk a lot about with my clients, so I thought it was worth spending some more time on. Before I get into that, I want to talk about something new that I'm into. This week, I am into my humidifier. Ever since I got home from Hawaii, I have been slowly shriveling up because it has been so dry here in Alaska. I think that the humidity in my house is hovering somewhere around 20%, which is ridiculous. So I went out and bought a humidifier because it's been so dry that I've actually started getting bloody noses at night, and I'm not excited about that. I can't remember what brand I got, but that's not really the point. It was one that was on sale at Target, so I went with it. Anyway, I've been turning it on in my bedroom about an hour before I go to bed and then just letting it run all night, and things have been going so much better since I started that. Even if you don't live in a place that's super dry, having a humidifier is actually a good idea because when you feel a cold coming on, sometimes you can actually keep things from getting worse by running the humidifier while you sleep. I have zero research to cite on this topic right now, but I do know that the integrity of your mucous membranes, which is like the lining inside of your nostrils, are really important for immunity. So making sure that they don't dry out is actually important in staying healthy. All right, so on to this week's topic of leaky gut. So what is leaky gut in the first place? In people who are healthy, so people who don't have leaky gut or any of the problems with digestion that we talked about last week, the small intestine is the place where most of the nutrients from your food are absorbed and where a lot of important immune functions from your gut are regulated. The gut barrier that becomes leaky in leaky gut is the barrier between your intestines and the rest of your body. It's really thin, about one layer of cells, but it's responsible for keeping bad things out and letting good things into your body, which we talked about last week. The enzymes in the small intestine are what help you absorb the nutrients from your food and let good things in, like properly digested proteins, fats, and carbohydrates, and those it lets those through to pass into your bloodstream. And it also keeps foreign invaders, like larger undigested food particles and pathogens, out. There are something called microvilli that poke out from the cells in this layer. These look like little fingers sticking out and they are packed up against each other very tightly. And in leaky gut, these villi actually start to break down along with the rest of the cells. So now instead of having a bunch of little fingers with no space between them, you've got a lot of space between these cells if you have leaky gut. So 
it's not a barrier anymore. It's more like a brick wall with a bunch of bricks missing so that things that wouldn't normally be able to get through can just walk across without any trouble. Now, when things that don't belong in your bloodstream show up, your body thinks that it's under attack by foreign invaders and it starts to mount an immune response to these particles and pathogens that don't normally belong in your blood. Even if something that got through isn't actually a pathogen that might make you sick, the body attacks it anyway. So even if it's something like a protein from some meat that you ate that didn't get completely broken down, but it passes into your bloodstream because your gut is leaky, it's not actually harmful to your body, but your immune system knows that it doesn't belong there, uh, so it attacks. So this causes some systemic inflammation and can lead to nutrient deficiencies because if you aren't breaking down your food properly, even if you're eating healthy foods, then you aren't absorbing the nutrients from those foods. The villi are damaged and which cause you to have leaky gut and to not absorb nutrients well. Stuff that doesn't belong in your bloodstream is getting in and causing inflammation and making your leaky gut worse. Also, if you remember from last week, stomach acid is important in this process. So if you have low stomach acid, then the chyme, which is the substance uh, that comes out of your stomach and passes into your small intestines, doesn't have the right pH, so you aren't signaling your pancreas to release digestive enzymes, which contributes to not being able to break down your food, which again perpetuates this cycle. So just like we talked about last week, this cycle can be hard to break if you don't know where to start. So that's why making sure that all of these things are working properly is really important. Leaky gut is caused by gluten sensitivity, food intolerances, and allergies, which are all becoming more common these days. I mean, look at how many gluten-free products are available. Just a few years ago, almost none of that was around. The proteins gluten and gliadin cause an inflammatory response in the small intestines and can lead directly to leaky gut. But it's also important to remember that a lot of the ingredients used in gluten-free products can actually have the same effect. Most of those products are made with rice or corn or chickpeas or soy or any number of other things that are gluten-free, but are not necessarily anti-inflammatory. So this is one of the reasons why I love the idea of a paleo diet or a paleo template instead of just going gluten-free. Because while yes, going gluten-free is helpful, it's not helpful if all you're going to do is replace all of your gluten-containing products with gluten-free products. Because when it comes to leaky gut, a lot of them are almost as bad. And a little side note here is that there have been some studies done that claim that going gluten-free is not actually healthy and that if you don't have celiac disease, you'll actually end up with more nutrient deficiencies and a whole bunch of other health issues if you go gluten-free when you don't necessarily quote-unquote need to. And actually, this is true. So if you just switch out all of the gluten-y stuff in your kitchen for gluten-free versions, then a lot of those gluten-free products are not fortified with vitamins and minerals like their gluten-containing counterparts are. And a lot of gluten-free flours are actually lower in nutrients overall than those that contain gluten. So if instead of just going gluten-free, you were to shift your focus on nutrients and eating an anti-inflammatory diet like paleo, then you've got a completely different story on your hands. All right, back to leaky gut. So when your immune system reacts to a particle that has gotten into your blood that doesn't normally belong there, like the protein in a food that you have a sensitivity to, gluten, or even just something that you aren't sensitive to, but that got through because, you're, because of your leaky gut, 
it creates an antibody response similar to what happens if you have an autoimmune reaction. And this reaction enlarges the blood vessels in your gut so that more white blood cells can get through. And those are the cells that help fight infection and foreign invaders, which actually makes your gut more permeable or leaky. So the cells can get there when they, when they need to be, but this further perpetuates an already vicious and hard to break cycle. So once your gut is a little leaky, if you don't know what's happening or you don't do anything to reverse it, it just keeps getting worse. Now, before you start feeling like this is a lost cause, the good news is that your gut lining can actually repair and regenerate pretty fast. If you remove whatever it is that's causing your leaky gut before it gets really leaky, the inflammation usually goes away in a day or two and the lining starts to repair itself. But if you remove it for a few days and then eat it again and, you're ex and expose yourself a second time, the inflammatory process begins all over again, except that your body has already made antibodies to that food or substance and the reaction is stronger and more damaging to your gut. And this is why anyone who says that they are mostly gluten-free or mostly paleo and who has a leaky gut is actually potentially doing more damage to their gut every time they eat an offending food, sometimes without even knowing it, but it's almost always why people complain of feeling terrible or not having complete resolutions of symptoms, even if they've gone mostly whatever, so gluten-free, paleo, or dairy-free. One of the most common triggers of leaky gut is actually gluten, and this is true even for people who don't have celiac disease. Gluten directly damages the, the villi in your intestines and makes those tight junctions between them stay open for longer, and eventually they get damaged enough that they're just open and you've got leaky gut. This creates a continued inflammatory response in your body and your immune system eventually just gets overwhelmed because it can't keep up. This is also why, as we talked about in the food sensitivity testing episode, you may have a ton of food sensitivities and then once you heal your gut, they all go away. So if you find yourself becoming more and more sensitive to different foods, it's almost guaranteed that you have a pretty bad case of leaky gut and need to heal it. Once these foods pass through your gut barrier, your body makes antibodies to them. So your immune system reacts to them. And then the next time you eat them, your body mounts an immune response because those antibodies have already been created and it sees whatever that particle is as an invader. This can happen with foods that are usually considered safe too, like carrots or blueberries or Brussels sprouts, where one day you eat them and everything is fine, and the next time you eat them, you end up with digestive upset, joint pain, or a weird rash. Let's shift gears a bit and talk a little bit about some lifestyle things that can contribute to leaky gut, because it is actually about so much more than just the food. A big one of these factors is medications, especially NSAIDs, which are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen, PPIs, which we talked about last week, and those are medications that lower stomach acid, that's short for proton pump inhibitor, antibiotics, and antacids, again, because those lower stomach acid. Stress is another big one. Is it surprising to you that this point that I said that? Because I think it's possible that I have mentioned stress in all 18 episodes of this podcast so far. Over 80% of patients who develop an autoimmune disease report that they first had symptoms of what turned out to be their autoimmune disease after experiencing some sort of intense stress. Chronically elevated levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone, suppress the immune system functions of your gut, which can make leaky gut worse. 
Environmental toxins can also contribute to leaky gut because they also affect the immune function of your gut. These are things like air pollution, alcohol consumption, pesticides, and toxins in your personal care and cleaning products. As we talked about last week, not chewing your food well enough can contribute to digestive issues, but it also contributes to leaky gut because it actually starts the whole process for your food not being broken down properly, which is part of the problem with leaky gut. Some other things that contribute to leaky gut are bacterial or yeast overgrowth, an imbalance of your gut bacteria, toxin overload, and nutrient deficiencies. Unfortunately, the effects of a leaky gut on your body can be systemic and affect other areas besides your GI tract. I think that I mentioned last week that something like 40% of people with leaky gut don't actually have GI symptoms. Leaky gut can also affect your bones, your brain through your enteric nervous system, the pancreas, your kidneys, and liver. Leaky gut contributes to a compromised immune system, inflammation, joint pain, and skin issues. You can also have GI symptoms when you have leaky gut, so things like gas, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, and other irritable bowel syndrome-like symptoms. Leaky gut also leads to what is now being called leaky skin, so inflammation in your skin, and leaky brain, which happens via the enteric nervous system, also called the gut-brain axis, and the vagus nerve. This causes things like depression, anxiety, brain fog, poor memory, and fatigue. And if you remember back a few episodes when I talked about autoimmune disease, leaky gut is actually a prerequisite for developing an autoimmune disease. So if you are someone who has a family history of autoimmune disease, leaky gut can actually be a trigger for that disease to develop. I'll link to that episode in the show notes because I can't remember off the top of my head which number it was. Also, I'll link to the webinar I did all about this if you want more information because I actually talk more about autoimmunity in general in that. Other than having many of the symptoms that we've already talked about, there are actually two tests that you can do to see if you have leaky gut. So you can do a zonulin test, which is, um, zonulin is responsible, one of the things that's responsible for breaking apart the tight, tight junctions between the cells in your gut wall. And you can also do a food sensitivity test. And I'll link in the show notes to the episode where we talked all about food sensitivity testing. With the zonulin test, if you have high levels of zonulin, it probably means that you have a leaky gut because if you have a lot of it, then it means that it's working really hard at breaking apart those tight junctions in your gut. But it is possible to have a leaky gut even if you don't have high levels of zonulin on the test. With food sensitivity testing, an increase in the number of or the presence of a lot of food sensitivities is, again, a good indicator of leaky gut. And again, if you want to know more about that, you can check out the episode I did a few weeks back on food sensitivities. Now, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed by all of this information because it probably sounds like everyone has leaky gut and there's no way to break the cycle, but that's not exactly the case. I will say that the challenge is that most people don't know they have a leaky gut until it's gotten out of control and become a big stinking deal. And that still doesn't mean that all hope is lost. So what can you do about it? especially since most healthcare professionals will look at you like you're crazy if you ask about leaky gut. Leaky gut is kind of the middleman in this gigantic cascade of inflammation and immune system overdrive that's happening. So something had to cause the leaky gut and the symptoms that come from it. So simply knowing that you have leaky gut isn't really enough, unfortunately. You need to go deeper and figure out what actually caused it in the first place. And to do this, 
I highly recommend working with a functional medicine practitioner to figure out what the root cause is, to do some lab work, and to make sure that you get the right supplements. If you know that you have any sort of autoimmune condition, then you really should get some outside help and not try to figure all of this out on your own. I do work with clients one-on-one on these sorts of problems, so I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in scheduling a call to see more about how I might be able to help you and if we're a good fit to work together. But while you're in the process of getting outside help, there are a couple of things that you can do to help heal your leaky gut. And the first thing is something that I talked more in depth about last week, so that was episode 17, but you definitely need to chew your food. Next time you sit down to eat, pay attention to how many times you actually chew it before you swallow. My guess is that it's less than five times. So try and focus on chewing your food at least 10 to 15 times before you swallow. And also, as we talked about last week, try and be calm and present when you're eating. It sounds really silly, but eating while you're stressed isn't going to do your gut any favors. The other change that you can make is to eliminate foods that are causing you to have inflammation. Gluten is obviously a big one, but the cheapest and best way to go about figuring out how to do this is an elimination diet like the Whole30 or the autoimmune protocol. And then during the reintroduction process, you'll be able to figure out which foods are problematic for you. You could also do a food sensitivity test, but as I talked about in that episode, that's not really a great way to pinpoint actual foods, but if a lot of foods do show up, it means that you have a bad case of leaky gut and should probably do an elimination diet anyway. Another thing that you can do, and I bet you won't be surprised when I say this, is working on reducing your stress. And even better, since you can't completely ever get rid of stress, work on how you respond to stress, or what I call increasing your resilience. It's also important to address some of the causes of stress on your body that aren't so obvious. So things like high-intensity exercise, or really any exercise, causes stress, and while a lot of times it gets labeled as good stress because it does have beneficial effects, your body does not know the difference between the stress you put on it from eating a crappy diet, exercise, even if you feel relaxed by the exercise, or running away from a bear so you don't die. From a physiologic perspective, all of those things are stress and the response is the same and it contributes to inflammation, which is what we are trying to reduce by healing your leaky gut. L-glutamine is a great supplement that you can take and it's really beneficial to your health, to your gut health. Also, probiotics and probiotic foods like sauerkraut, kimchi, kefir, and kombucha are great to add to your diet. And as always, make, to sh- make sure to talk to your personal healthcare provider before you start taking any new supplements. Next, I want to talk about three of my favorite food-based supplements that are amazing for gut health. The first is bone broth. Bone broth is like Windex is in my big fat Greek wedding to the paleo world. It can pretty much cure anything, but it's the collagen, glutamine, and gelatin that's in the bone broth that makes it so powerful. And it can also help improve skin elasticity and reduce wrinkles. It can help decrease inflammation and reduce things like joint pain when you make it a regular part of your diet. Collagen, which is in bone broth, but can also be purchased as a supplement, is similar to gelatin, but it doesn't gel like gelatin does. So collagen is actually a slightly more processed version of gelatin, but I find that I use it more often because I can count on it not to gel. 
You can also use collagen as a protein supplement, but since it's not a complete protein, you should make sure that you're getting plenty of protein from other sources as well. Important note that when you're buying collagen, you definitely want to make sure that you're getting it from grass-fed, pasture-raised sources. Vital Proteins, Great Lakes, and Primal Kitchen are my favorite brands that I trust to be high quality. So you can stir collagen into any drink. I would avoid plain water because it does have an odd taste and texture when it's not mixed with something that has flavor, but you can't taste it when you mix it in with other things. So I put mine in my coffee in the morning, but it also mixes well into smoothies or even like a sauce that you might be making. The Vital Proteins collagen comes unflavored, but there are also some flavored versions that you can get. Great Lakes is unflavored, and I think the Primal Kitchen Foods makes it in more of a protein powder mixture that has flavor as well as an unflavored version. So then we've got gelatin, and I'm not talking about jello gelatin. I mean, I am in the sense that gelatin makes things gel, but I'm not in the sense that who knows what the heck is in jello. But if you get gelatin from a grass-fed source, then it's got all of the good stuff and none of the junk that you might find in boxed jello. So gel- gelatin has the same gut healing properties that collagen does, but it just serves a different function. Where you can mix collagen into almost any food or beverage, hot or cold, if you mix gelatin into a liquid, it will eventually cause it to gel as it cools. I tend to put gelatin in my tea in the evening because I know I'm going to drink it before it gets, before it becomes a tea gummy, but you can also use gelatin to make homemade gummies. I'm going to link to an ebook that's called The Gelatin Secret by Sylvie McCracken because she's got tons of information on how amazing gelatin is as well as a bunch of recipes for using it. So to recap, your plan of attack for decreasing inflammation and healing your gut is to include bone broth, collagen, and or gelatin in your diet every day, add probiotic foods into your diet, Avoid foods that are known to cause inflammation, like gluten, and then for some people, grains and dairy, as well as other foods that you know that you don't tolerate. Work on chronic stress and increasing your resilience through restorative exercise, getting plenty of sleep, and reframing the way you respond to stress. And get rid of as many toxic cleaners, personal care, and personal care products, as well as reducing your exposure to other toxins as possible. You can get more information on toxic cleaners and personal care products in episode 10, I believe, and I'll link to that in the show notes. So that's all I've got for you this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you are enjoying this show, I would love it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the show, you can send me an email, send it in via the form on my website, or come find me on Instagram and ask me there. Full show notes for this episode are available at marthaflorence.com slash episode 18. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.